that I will probably never go this far with it, but I've seen people use, um, you can get a pretty simple like teleprompter rig, just basically just like reflectors. Yeah. And you put it like, you know, this lens over your camera that will reflect like an iPad that you can set up to be a second or third monitor and then do your like zoom that way. It's just so annoying though. It just, the it's, it truly blows my mind, especially over the past couple of years that someone hasn't just like absolutely integrated the video cameras yeah. uh, into the into screen. Into the display. Yeah. It should just, abs- it sh- there's no, I can't imagine that we don't have the technology to do that. And Tim Cook, if you're listening, and I know that you have to listen, you're contractually obligated to listen to every single podcast. You have to do this now. This is this is an idea. He's the one that like approves the podcasts, right? Like he's technically yeah. gets a producer credit on our on our yeah. podcast. Yeah. Okay. When I when when I upload it, it actually uh, there's no way that I that it like I I try not to CC him and I like delete it every single time. Like I hit the X and I'm like, oh, what? it's but it just keeps coming back up to uh, to Tim Cook at Apple.com. Which oh sorry Tim I just gave everybody your 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 email address oh, uh, boy. but yeah that's on me that's on me um, so yeah you were saying that's the I I I mean let's let's do it let's let's talk about the the race Johnny let's get into it let's let's do our 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 chatty chatty Kathy <laughs> thing where we <laughs> discuss discuss Formula One. Welcome to the F1 Files, folks. Hey! Hey, we did it. We made it. 22 fi- races. Yeah, fi- final, uh, final race of the season. Yeah, yeah. Uh, final wow. final podcast uh, race recap of mm-hmm. the season. Yep. Um, yeah, 22 races? 22 races, and that is Insane. going to go up to 24 next year. It's going to be, I thought it was going to be 23. It's 24. I think it's 24 because there's China will be added back into the mix. Uh, And then also we'll have Vegas. So, yep, 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 yep. That is, that is what the schedule is set for. Yeah. Get those frequent flyer miles uh, racked up. Oh my God. All right. Get all of them. Uh, so, okay. So we had, we, uh, we got it. We got to introduce ourselves too. We, we didn't, we uh, the podcast. Oh, I know. Christ. I know we're, we got senioritis here. Seriously. Yeah. We're just yeah. one, one foot out the, <laughs> one foot out the door. Uh, so I, I am one foot on the DHL <laughs> yellow airplane yes, out of, yes. out of Abu Dhabi. Uh, yes. yeah. Uh, so I, I am Corey Willis. I am an improviser, writer, comedian out here in Los Angeles, sipping on some summer water again because it was mm. oh so hot, oh so hot in L.A. for this week, considering it's the third week in November. Uh, wow. What's uh, what's your, what's your <laughs> situation there, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> what's up? My name is John Lapore. I am a creative consultant designing the future for film, technology, automotive, all sorts of silly stuff. Mm-hmm. And I'm particularly excited to be sitting here this evening, yeah. catching up on our final race of the season with uh, my childhood best friend, Corey. What, uh, what, yeah, cheers. 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 We, we did it. Cheers. We did it. Tink. Yeah. 
mm-hmm. link. Yeah, right up At the, the end of this episode, we'll, we'll go do donuts. And <laughs> uh... <laughs> oh, speaking of which, I right right before I right before we hopped on, uh, I sent you I sent you one tweet. I did I did get that I did uh, get that that was a spectacular final. But the uh, the the reason the reason that that tweet showed up, you know how Twitter now does that, basically like that TikTok or the Instagram thing where the videos are now integrated into like the infinite scroll, uh, and it went from uh, that video immediately to uh, a video of Mick Schumacher getting admonished yep. for doing donuts at the end of the race. Yep. Oh, poor guy. Poor guy. Yeah. Uh, but it was, it was from on high. I think that was like Gunther being like, Mick, you do, you did not earn donuts this year. And, right. Uh, <laughs> and his, his engineer, uh, uh, the, the chief engineer, what is uh, his name's I, uh, Io, uh, I believe. And he's like, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. And I was like, yeah, I'm sorry, Mick. I, you, but could you please stop? We need you to stop. And he's like, it's okay. I love you, dude. <laughs> yep. So, so bittersweet. Oh. But yeah, it's the, the end of the season. Um. All right. So what did, what did you, uh, how did you feel about our, our final race? Ambivalent. That, yeah. I'd say, yeah. that would be the best way to describe it. it. This is, unfortunately... This is what Abu Dhabi is kind of known for, is a race that just, yeah, there's action, there are things that happen, but it's just, it ends up being a somewhat underwhelming race overall. Um, that was I my- I mean, except, my... For, except for, of course, the last season, in which case the race was like a major medical event. Exactly, uh, exactly. Through every fiber of my body. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. in in many different ways but yet uh this race was uh uh it was it was kind of a snoozer i mean there was mm-hmm. some interesting stuff you know but also i think you could just sort of feel almost that like senioritis kicking in all the yeah all the championships being pretty much well decided um not that much out there to play for and you yeah know, minimal dramatic action on track well- I thought that, I mean, there was technically, there was quite a bit to play for, but it just, because of the, the, the way that Alpine has kind of, they, they blew out McLaren last race, right? So Mm -hmm. they had, McLaren had their double DNF and that was kind of the only midfield battle that really mattered at that point. And once that happened, even with Alonso having another... technical failure and mechanical Yeesh. failure and uh retirement uh, i think it was like the sixth hydraulic failure that he's had to retire from this year which is funny not funny but funny uh and um it was it, it, it that was kind of the only thing that was left on the table that really offered any of the like real points or real action and yeah. we didn't really see that um I don't know. It was it was great to see Seb. Seb was I got a, I got I got it all choked up. I got all, all choked up. I'm not gonna lie. That, it, um, I mean that to me was was no question. The highlight of the race was Sebastian's uh, farewell at the end of the race and his uh, his his two cents that he threw out there, which I thought was um, I thought it was really beautiful. Um, yeah. 
I thought it was uh, also just interesting to like have a, a proper reflection on where we've seen Sebastian evolve to, right? Um, yeah. Going from this very focused racer into someone who uh to me in the most beautiful way just became like a, a barefoot hippie uh making his way around the paddock <laughs> in, in like a very real way became a barefoot hippie yeah i mean yeah, he's i haven't seen i haven't i haven't seen <laughs> pictures of him walking around barefoot but i that's what i fully expect is outside of the frame of most of the pictures yeah 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 it's just him with just like old man hippie feet too um, yeah not yep. not not like elegant uh pampered feet like just gnarled hobbit toes no no yeah like that kind of yeah yep uh, but I, did you say I, hobbit toad? Yeah, I said hobbit toad. Yeah, yeah. yep, yep. <laughs> um, uh, so there, I mean, there was a ton that happened in this race. There was. It just, I don't know. It felt like uh, it felt empty, and it felt very unfulfilling. Also, we're coming about this as two Hamilton fans, and him retiring at the end of the race with the only mechanical DNF that mercedes has had all year that was like that sucked that was that was a bit annoying uh what what did you think about did you I mean were you re- yeah yeah that that was that was rough but it seemed like a fitting end and i think uh my my buddy in town james showed me an article yesterday where i believe the quote from hamilton uh when asked you know will you miss this car after i was just this gonna season, say this yep uh, and he said, uh, I believe his words were something to the effect of like, I will not miss this thing. And I think it was the BBC ran it as like Hamilton return refers to car as this thing. This thing. And I thought that that seemed appropriate. Oh, oh, the the very last radio transmission, I, I wrote it down because it was such a perfect quote and such a perfect summation of this race car this year and the way that Lewis has had to deal with it. Bono came on the radio and said, yeah, she just, uh, oh, he said, just gave up the ghost at the end there. She's a bit tired. Mm. It was such a perfect, like just such a perfect way of Mm -hmm. describing the relationship to this car. It was just, we've ridden this thing until the wheels have fallen off and that's it. There's not there. She gave us everything that she could, and we're not mad to see her go. It was, it was sad, but also very fitting. It felt like the right, the right way of of describing that relationship, yeah. not yep. just of Lewis, but of like all the mechanics and engineers who work on the car too, because they're just like, we can't do anything else. We this thing was, <laughs> we were, we were given a rough like hand to play at the beginning of this season and they're just happy that that you know that they get to walk away from the table Uh, it probably wouldn't work over the radio um because they're in a loud environment and whatnot but i feel like in almost any other circumstance it could have just been like back and forth just size being relayed and just being like ah and then like a a very knowing and responding yeah yeah maybe 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 a video clip here and there of someone pinching the uh, the bridge of their nose, just like oh, okay, okay, yeah, doing okay, doing the head okay. rub, the mm-hmm. head rub, the oh, I don't, yeah, I'm just trying to, 
trying to figure out what to do with this anger and frustration. And that is that is what that that felt like. This whole season felt that way. Maybe for... that'll be their advance in next season's cars. They'll have like FaceTime on the steering wheel. So, uh, <laughs> you know. <laughs> like, Lewis could take a moment to lift up his visor to pinch the bridge of his nose, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh God. So 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 unfortunate. Uh that that was it I'd say though, this was one of those things that in Abu Dhabi, there's always the risk of these retirements that can happen because mm-hmm. these cars have been yeah. going for so long and they're so razor thin, like razor edge design and engineered to last until the very last lap of the very yeah. last race of the season and no more. Um that's and I yeah, yeah, we were kind of talking smack about Gunther or whoever at Haas being like, hey, don't don't like ruin don't don't do donuts. And that's a very real concern because uh, especially for a team like Haas, they don't have a lot of money in the pool and they can use yeah. these engine parts they're, they're, next year. They don't want their guy who's or, or they're planning on selling it to a collector, you know, next Wednesday or, yeah. or something, uh, you know. Yeah, there is always that these cars do end up in private collections often when they're not gifted to the drivers or kept at the factories in their like museums that they don't ever let anybody in, but they like have museums with all these F1 cars. Most of these companies do anyways. Uh, Yeah. But that, the tweet that I sent you, Johnny was, Oh, what a perfect way of Ferrari ending their season too. Charles. So we've got Charles. Yeah. (laughs) Charles giving a, a distinguished, you know, message back to the team mm-hmm. over the radio uh, on his cool down lap when he's interrupted by almost drowning on uh, his his own water supply, right? Yep. yep. He, what he is like- it he's going through? Because he's probably giving been given commands like, oh, do all these settings, change the engine mapping, yeah. change the cool down mode and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Especially and one of those being that race and that yeah. end and everything and how hard he pushed. Yeah. One, one of those buttons that he accidentally presses in the mix was just the send a ton of drink into my mouth. And yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And he chokes in the middle of responding and then like slips into French just in that like, oh, oh, oh and then like slips into like a French explanation of whatever he did. Yep. And I think it's like literally he's like, oh, I just choked on my drink. <laughs> it's just perfect. He almost drowned himself with his own drink button. Uh, oh, what what a I mean, otherwise not super disastrous race for Ferrari as a team. Startlingly right? well run. The whole yeah. entire race weekend for Ferrari was run really, really well. It, it this is the kind of race weekend that they wish that they had every single weekend right Mm -hmm. they didn't they had a car that wasn't as strong as the red bull and they were still able to split the two red bulls at the end of the race because of like strategy and because of tire management and because of qualifying positions and team you know operating as a team from literally the first practice session so Mm -hmm. i mean they were they were one of the first teams that they showed in the practice sessions that had the flovis paint on them because they're yeah. st- they're still developing the car for next year, so like they're mm-hmm. Ferrari, as much as we give them, they really are kind of tooling themselves 
for next season. And yes, this is an evergreen thing that Ferrari is always tooling for next season, but it really does feel like they're right there. They really right, do so, feel like they're right there. So speaking of Ferrari next season and tools, mm-hmm. uh, the Italian press are going wild about uh, the prospect <laughs> of uh, some some changes in in team management. There, what's yeah. uh, what? Do, what do you think is actually happening? Uh, I think that this is the ghosts of Ferrari past where they have a season where they finally have smelled a championship chance. And it's like the, the, like when some, <laughs> maybe I'm out of my depth here, but I'll still go forward. Cause why not? Uh, so like when people go through like cognitive behavioral therapy, they're trying to make sure that when certain stimulations come up, they don't react in these like worn ways that they're very mm-hmm. used to doing that are like destructive patterns of behavior. And I think that Ferrari is just doing what Ferrari does, where it's like, we came really close to the championship. We did not win the championship. Fire the guy who's running things. Yeah. Like I just. It's the closest we've been in a while, uh, yeah. but we didn't get one step further, rip the machine apart and start all over again. Ex- uh, do you yeah. think it's actually happening or do you think it's just speculation? Cause I know Ferrari put out a statement, which is a pretty bold move to do if they you're don't not do this. doing this, but uh, also Ferrari a- doesn't do this. If they're going to fire someone, they just fire them. Yeah. And they don't ever this again, I think again, speaking out of my depth, but I think like culturally, like it's an Italian thing. Like you don't, lie like that's it's a, like it's a very yeah. dishonorable thing but even to me it's kind of a weird thing to even like legitimize the rumors by even responding to them exactly in any way shape or form and to put a press release out to be like there's a lot of dirty talk out there yeah none of that dirty talk is true you know like it, that doesn't again it it doesn't you never see ferrari do that i, I I've, yeah. I've never seen ferrari go out and dispel rumors like even when they snubbed seb in like the most harsh way by just letting him go like at the tail end of that just like fully being like ah no seb your contract's not getting renewed like there were rumors swirling around that and that was like the closest that they've ever come to acting on like the public opinion or like the Mm -hmm. court of public opinion and being like oh we're gonna validate your your concerns or these rumors they usually just act unilaterally they don't respond this way so ferrari making a statement that they are not going to fire matea is like what oh okay you're addressing the rumors and saying we are not gonna do this uh i i have i have hope that gives me hope for for ferrari if they're actually saying they're not going to behave this way, maybe they really aren't. Maybe they aren't going to fall into old patterns of behavior and build the machine from scratch again. What do you think? I mean, do do you think that they'll? I, yeah, I I think I think it makes sense to keep uh, keep the machine intact and do their yeah. best to learn from this. But I I still think I mean, there's clearly some major fundamental issues with the team, um, particularly as pertains to strategy. Um, well, and I don't know. Yes, I, I do feel like there is there is a degree to which you need either some high level management changes or some sort of like cleaning of the house. But yeah, I I, I guess it it makes sense for them to to stay with it. I'm just curious as to what you know what sort of like humiliating ritual they're going to send Matea through in the off season 
uh, as, you know, punishment yeah. or training or yeah. just a, a way of like, you know, ensuring that they get the absolute most out of them for next season. Maybe, uh, maybe next week we can go through like the grid or the teams or whatnot and do a speculative, like, you know, what, what is Who's everybody gonna be condemned to do in yeah. the off season? Uh, you know, well, there's so much that is being, there's, there's so much that's kind of being floated, right? Like homeboy from, uh, from, is it Sauber? Were they talking about bringing in uh, yeah. the dude from Sauber? They were talking about maybe bringing in uh, the Alpine team principal to replace it. Like there were like rumors all over the place. Yes. Um, and not even saying like uh, uh, Otmar, um, not Otmar Zafnauer. We're talking about like Laurent, like the dude who runs Alpine, like the, the mm-hmm. entire company. Yeah. They were talking about replacing <laughs> Matteo Bonato with him. And it was like, what? That that seems ridiculous. You're going to take someone mm. who runs like that level of a car company and try and put them into a situation like Ferrari also hiring a French. So that's just culturally, again, a, a very peculiar way of doing things would be to bring in a French person to run an Italian team. I don't think that that's something that Italians would go for. <laughs> I just, I just don't. That's the, Ita- the Italian press is too powerful to let something like that happen, regardless of how close they came this year and how how much of a shakeup they feel needs to be made there, I don't think that they'd be okay with like a foreigner coming in to run Ferrari. Do you? Th- I mean, do you think that that's? I like think a- uh, I think that whole team would eat Sabaros day in and day out <laughs> if it got them a championship. <laughs> I think, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> sponsored I think, by I Olive this, Garden, like all, yeah, 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 yeah. Be like, hey, did you guys, you guys ever had pizza on a bagel before? This yep. is this is this is something else. Oh, uh, God. I think Totino sponsored. They yeah. have, yeah, the new the new sponsors of Ferrari become Olive Garden, Totino's Pizza, uh, and uh, Elio's Pizza, Sbarro's. <laughs> yep. uh, what else? And Famous Rays famous race just who yep. knows sure who knows? yeah oh uh, god my god yeah i mean i think that they're i think that ferrari would do just about anything to win a championship uh i do think i mean maybe maybe not maybe that's their problem maybe they're maybe they're too yeah proud in spite of themselves uh to uh to make it happen well i was also i was thinking a whole lot about this because uh, and this isn't to take anything away from, I can't remember what her name is, the chief strategist at Red Bull. Mm-hmm. Uh, this isn't to take away her brilliance because she's brilliant. But I think because Red Bull has been in inferior equipment for so long, they have absolutely nailed strategy. Like they have figured out, mm-hmm. uh, Hannah Schmidt, I think is is what her name is. Uh, they, but sh- they have... That as as a team, Red Bull has really, really nailed down strategy because they've had to eke out wins in an era of dominance by Mercedes. And uh, conversely, Mercedes hasn't really needed to rely on strategy that much. They've relied a lot more on Hamilton kind of dictating strategy because he was so dominant and Valtteri as well. Uh, was so dominant and Nico as well before that, right? So like they've really been kind of not needing massive strategy operations to be up and running and Mm -hmm. ready to to operate dynamically and same with ferrari well ferrari is just ferrari but 
I think that Mercedes has suffered this year because they haven't had dynamic strategy operation in the same way that Red Bull has had to, like, by virtue of the fact that they've had inferior equipment, they've needed to have better strategy. They've needed to have yeah. someone like Adrian Newey to come in and, you know, design these cars to operate with Renault engines and those old Honda motors, right? So that's, it's a, it's a tricky thing because I think Red Bull set the standard for strategy and it's almost impossible for any other team to meet that standard because Red Bulls just had to be so good at it and eke out these wins when they couldn't win. Uh, but that's, so I don't know so, what's going to change. So speaking of uh, strategy mm. team and Red Bull, uh, is there any any fallout through this weekend from the heinous uh evil doings of of max verstappen uh icing out his his i i love i i tr- like like we were talking about the 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 idea of max being a villain and being like a super yeah. villain yep that was what we wanted and john that's not what we're getting we're seeing the the pr the attempted pr right, right. campaign and the attempted narrative uh, narrative shifting. So I felt like I caught Red a couple Bull. different instances of him being, you know, like catching himself and being like, and yeah, and as a, you know, uh, I'm proud of my teammate too, and and this sort of this sort a of couple thing. instances. But, every single yeah. time they put a microphone in front of his face, he was saying, "It's so important for Checo to come in number two. and that was quite literally what. Christian Horner was saying at the very last moment on the grid walk, Laura mm-hmm. Winter grabbed him and was like, uh, Christian, a couple of words. What are the goals for today? And like that was the first thing out of Christian's mouth was, well, we got to get Checo number two in the championship. We got it. That's mm-hmm. like that's that's priority one. And that was the narrative that came out of Red Bull basically from like Wednesday into Thursday when they showed up at the press conference. Uh, that was just like, a, okay, this is what we're going to say constantly over and over and over. And we're going to just say this enough so that people stop even thinking about why we're saying it. And it did not work, John. It did not work. Uh, Max still got booed on the grid, uh, yep. got booed at the podium, got booed uh, constantly. Just and. You know what? I saw I saw a beautiful photo of a bunch of Perez fans with a Mexican flag posted up in front of a few folks wearing Verstappen jerseys, mm-hmm. and they had hold they were holding up. I they had it. a giant printed out, you know, uh, mounted on on foam core picture of Max's face, but with the baby pacifier in his mouth, and it was like I love a big it. like actual physical. It was great. I love it. Like, and I'm at the point now where I, I'm because he didn't go soup because he didn't go full villain because they're trying to craft this narrative. Mm-hmm. I, I, w- I, I would have respected them if, if they had just been like, you know what? We're not explaining ourselves. We're not explaining ourselves. We're not, right. we're not doing this. We are like now going to just ice out the media. We are just going to be this like super villain operation. And instead, they're going for this saccharine, sweet, just gross PR thing. And I hate the fact that Checo has to go along with it. Uh, yeah, that, it ju- 
that's that's the worst burn. part. That's the worst part. Yeah. Truly, truly is is watching Checo not be able to voice his opinions or express his real views. Uh, it just oh, it sucks. It sucks. I saw I saw another uh, one of these press releases being put out saying like you know Red Bull Racing would like to acknowledge that there's been some very unacceptable you know messaging coming through social media directed yeah. at our team and yeah. team members and whatnot. And, uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's again, I, I don't advocate for any sort of toxic behavior, and especially when people are like directly attacking like families of team members and things like oh, that. Oh, yeah. Like that stuff's pretty gross. But at the same time, it's also like, well, team, you know, uh, maybe don't read the papers the next day after you guys do some nasty <laughs> shit. Yeah. And it's, it's back to that victim thing. It's back to that. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like you. You got caught doing something scandalous or something that's like dishonorable or unsportsmanlike or whatever, and you're immediately slamming your finger in the door and going, "Oh my god! Oh my god! You, I was, you distracted me. You distracted me, and now I slam my finger in the door." And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't get to. You don't get to do that. Like you, you just don't. Um. It just, it's so gross and such a, it's such bullshit, right? It, it, it just yeah. call it yeah. what it is. It's, it's bullshit. And I, I, I really hope that F1 doesn't, uh, doesn't capitulate to that and doesn't allow them to craft this narrative in this like, hey, you need to stop directing your hate at Max Verstappen's family. And it's like, mm-hmm. well, okay, yeah, that's bad for sure. Uh, but maybe, there's a whole bunch of people who've screen grabbed Max's mom uh, commenting on a post about the fact that Checo like being like, oh, yeah, Checo cheated on his wife uh, when he won Monaco. And it's like, what? What lady? What? Excuse me. Jesus. What are you doing? What? And then she deleted it. Uh, But like a whole bunch of people screenshotted it. And every time. So if you look under like those Red Bull posts, you'll see a screenshot of Max's mom, like a verified user on Instagram with like the blue (laughs) check mark and everything responding to a comment under like a Red Bull post. And it's like someone who's being kind of mean, but not necessarily like it's just it was like what lady what are you talking about also how dare you what are you are you trying to break up this man's marriage he's like happily married and has kids and i'm not i don't condone cheating on your significant other but what like what are you doing what are you doing Uh, it was just that's uh yeah that's wonderful i love it yeah keep it all keep it all coming i want the uh i want it to be like next season the yeah. team to be like red bull and the and the verstappens <laughs> yeah uh keeping up with the you verstappenens know, keeping up yeah keeping <clears throat> up with the verstappenens and like you know because like yoss doesn't talk to mom and uh-huh. uh and just you know all the drama that can spiral out from that and, and the reason uh, yoss doesn't talk to mom is because mom has like a restraining order on him for domestic abuse <laughs> right yes yeah uh so there's yeah. like you know there's 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 levels of how yep. the dysfunction of that family um 
oh, but but it just I, I, I get we're like talking smack about the Verstappen family. I don't care. Oh, speak. Sorry, I'm gonna. Yeah, I'll, I'll yeah. just elevate the smack talk just mm-hmm. one bit further. There mm-hmm. was um there was some great clips floating around of. Danny Rick, you know, everybody just being like, ah, gonna miss this guy so much, you know, look at how charming and funny he is and whatnot. And he was, you know, somebody was inquiring with him about, uh, does he do any ritual with his, uh, with his teammate Lando? And, you know, he was like, yeah, you know, but we, before every race, we, we hug and we hold each other tight for at least 15 seconds. And he's just like, you know, it's just effortless. He's just hilarious. He's cracking everybody up. It's wonderful. And then I saw something that was, I think it was after this race, and it was someone asking something about Max uh, with Lando there, and like Max was trying to, I guess you know, engage in the in the jocularities, yep, and was just like, yes, Lando and I were getting very touchy, touchy feely with each other putting our hands on each other and whatnot and it was just yeah. like you could just see like everyone in the room just be like eh, and like lando no. standing right there and yeah. being like yeah. yeah mate like, uh, uh, this is weird why are you this is not who you are what are you doing yeah. I, I that's such a weird friendship those two like that's that feels uh, all right, my- so what, what? Well, all right, so let's talk about one of the other big <laughs> events of the week. Speaking of Formula One and friendship, which uh-huh. my understanding is that there's effectively like almost zero friendship in Formula One amongst yeah. the the drivers within the paddock. There is very as much as you will see these guys like you know joking around and playing with each other, even between you know. Danny, Rick, and Lando, I think they've both openly said, like, yeah, no, we like we have almost no interaction with each other. And I mean, there's there's some other, you know, there's there's a couple of occasions where that's not the case. I think like Carlos Sainz and Lando are are pretty, pretty tight. And like um, Albon and and Russell. Like, yeah. There are some people who are who are tight, but not it's but, yeah. But yeah. for the most part, uh, yeah, my my understanding is that it's still like it's a very uh, I don't know forced relationship uh, going in every different direction in the pit lane, which is fine. I mean, it's you know these guys are all fierce competitors against yeah. each other. Yeah, that's that's the way it's going to be. It's like um, designed that way too. Like the, the yeah, in yeah. like the motorhomes. I was also sorry. I don't mean to cut you off. I was just in the motorhomes. They were saying even like between teammates, the teammates are on the mm-hmm. opposite sides of the motorhome so they don't even like walk by each other in the mornings so it's like they they've the F1 teams have designed these situations while they're on the road to mm-hmm. force confrontation and conflict and like siloing off of people but yeah yeah um but you you so, yeah. so we we saw uh what was this Thursday night um uh, maybe it was Friday night after practice uh the world's most epic formula one dinner yeah right? yeah i think it was it may have been wednesday may when been wednesday. everyone was like in before the media i think it was like right. let's just have a night out with the lads to like celebrate seb and to celebrate the end of the season and everything uh yeah but so that was yeah there was just a bunch of images wow. floating around on social media of just all the drivers just the drivers nobody else mm-hmm. all at dinner together i mean to to be a fly on the wall 
I don't yeah. know. I might not. I might almost not want to be because I could. I would be terrified that it would be the world's cringiest dinner and just full of like mega awkward exchanges, like yeah. you know Mac, Max and and Lando. But uh, it, it, I, I would be curious just to kind of see what happens when these guys get into it, and if it is just like them, you know, uh, chatting about like, oh, hey, you know, who you know which country's supermodels are the best to date or yeah 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 i imagine that there's plenty of that but this this did not look like that this did not this looked like it was like an actual real like dinner with the lads like it wasn't Mm -hmm. like a a a pr thing and i don't it has come out that Lewis, I guess, paid. He picked up the tab for this. Like he set it up and was like, "Hey, mm-hmm. I want to take Seb out for dinner. It's his last race." And they say one hundred forty thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, it's something, something like that. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. Uh, out of control. Uh, as someone who has gone yeah, out to I mean... dinner in in that in like in Dubai in that country, uh, it is it is expensive. I don't, I mean, I didn't see the bill for the dinner that I ended up uh, going to. Uh, it was probably, it wasn't that expensive. It wasn't $7,000 a person? No, no. Uh, it was, it, it was. I mean, it was, it was quite a, it was, I got to go to quite a dinner, uh, but it was not quite that, quite a dinner. Um, that, that was just ridiculous. And I I can't imagine spending that much money on a dinner. It, it was, I uh, it was I, just I want to take note of the fact that there's there are actually I mean there's a few photographs of the dinner, mm-hmm. um, but they all appear to be I guess either at the very beginning or at the very end yeah. of the dinner. Like you don't see anything on the table yet. You don't see yeah. anything being served, which is a very intentional thing. And I'm sure somebody had the wherewithal to be like, all right, everybody, you know, put your phones in the bag or, or whatever it is. Yeah. Yeah. And when, then, uh, when like the drinks arrived, that's when everyone was like, okay, no more photos. This is just for well, that's us. That's also a sketchy thing in Abu Dhabi as well. Right. To, uh, to be having a well, yeah. $7,000 worth of <laughs> drinks yeah. per person. Yeah. Uh, uh, I mean, here's the, here's the thing though. It's the most open secret ever there. I, I don't feel Mm-hmm. weird or vulnerable saying this i mean i still do but i i don't uh the the open secret there is that you can drink uh as long as you are not saudi or uh, an emirati or or muslim you you can't obviously you can't drink there if, if that's it's run by sharia and hammurabi like it's not you can't drink there if you're muslim uh mm-hmm. and muslims can't see people drink but you can drink in hotels you can drink behind walls even at the race they erect like these fake yeah. walls and we drank behind them so you're allowed to drink there but yes the idea is you're not ever supposed to show the outside world actual physical evidence of drinking in uh a, and in the country that is run by the saudis like it's not mm-hmm. uh yeah it's not okay you're not allowed to do that so i see why maybe that didn't but also the fact that the food wasn't on there like i think that this was 
I mean, I could imagine it, right? I could imagine being like, hey, let's let this dinner just be for us. Like, we can take a couple of pics before things pop off. But then once we're eating, once we're, like, really engaging and, ch- and like, talking, I don't want people to, like, pick up their phone and take a picture, right? Um, I think there's, like, one photo where there's a waiter in there, too, or, like, a couple of photos. But other than that, no, there's – it's just them. It's just them. Also, it'd be pretty embarrassing to, like – look down the table and see that like you know everybody's got these elaborate insane exotic dishes yeah and then uh max has ordered chicken fingers yeah (laughs) yeah uh chicken fingers and french fries uh yeah yeah, there were there were four like it was like 14 way too much ketchup like insane amounts of ketchup like just disgusting amounts of ketchup all over the plate and here's the fun thing folks uh a lot of our listeners are here at the u.s but there are listeners outside of the u.s so you know outside of like the ketchup that we have here in the u.s is not what everyone else considers ketchup is so different so i just imagine that he's getting like the house ketchup at the fanciest restaurant in (laughs) in abu dhabi (laughs) Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he's like it's too spicy he <laughs> 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 can't handle it oh god oh yeah uh, uh, but yeah and also it was it was great seeing everyone look so happy in that photo they really looked like mm-hmm. they were enjoying each other's company uh and will buxton made a comment about this at the start of the race they had like a like an honor guard, like they all stood on either side, and Seb walked through and like kind of like shook everyone's hand, uh, yeah. and that was like that's not a thing. That's not a thing that happens, folks. It's just I've never I've never seen it, and like hearing someone who is like a paid commentator remark on it was like, yeah, okay, I am not losing my mind. That is fully the most <laughs> wild out of like. That is not how these drivers are. That's not who they are. They would never yep. do that, especially not before a race. Maybe yep. after a race, but not before when you're about to compete against like 19 other people. You don't all have like a moment of, hey, we should all have a moment of solidarity. It was like why the end racism thing was such a big deal for yeah. like everyone showing solidarity at the beginning of races. That's that was that's never been a thing. So to have everyone come together and quite literally like line up on the grid and like get try and like I saw a bunch of people try and give him like big hugs and he only gave Lewis a hug. Yeah, was, he only gave great. Lewis a hug and just yeah, it was just more more forced social awkwardness between drivers. Uh another yeah. thing weird, uh I'm hoping that in the coming days it'll be revealed to us what was going on here, but there was some gesture that Sebastian was making while he was walking up to that group that was also spotted in one of the photos from the dinner. Uh, Fernando is doing the same gesture, which is like holding his hands up in the air as if he's like holding like a trophy or something. And Seb was doing that as he was approaching the guys who's kind of like waving and pointing. And then he kind of did like this, like with a little chuckle on his what face. That? What is and that? I'm cur- I, I just want to know what sort of sick, twisted inside joke amongst, you know, every single competitor in formula one. This yeah. Is. Yeah. It's like that. Like uh, when 
when it maybe was they're reviewed. maybe they're miming out the Ferrari pit crew handing the the tire over the car, right? <laughs> and that could be it. It's just yeah, like, like, oh, yeah, remember, remember. Hey, everybody, uh, everybody except for Carlos and and Charles, uh, remember, remember this, eh? yeah, eh? yeah. yeah. <laughs> Carlos and Charles are like, no, we remember it too. We remember it too. <sighs> Uh, uh, so the race itself was, was interesting, John. We should, again, talk, we should talk a little bit about the race. There were some moments there. Uh, I loved, we can even like go off of Perez. I love the fact that Lewis was able to prevent him from passing him, which Mm -hmm. ultimately prevented Checo from being able to pass Charles at the end of the race because he was only yeah. like a set like like a three quarters of a second behind Charles on that last lap. So that was that's Lewis. That was him yeah. battling Lewis and Lewis getting back in front of him, much like Checo did to Lewis last year. <laughs> um and this is I'm not saying yeah. it was like a tit for tat, but it was just that like beautiful sometimes yeah. not even sometimes, more often than not, there are these beautiful moments of symmetry in racing. That happened. Yeah. There was another beautiful moment in symmetry where uh, Mick and Latifi touched and did like synchronized spins. Yes, like there are just these little <laughs> things that happen, and this is like a seat, like a a year long arc. But like it was mm-hmm. like an end cap to that. But there are always those moments uh, in in these races that you're just like the world had to everything had to line up perfectly for this to happen once mm-hmm. and then you see it happen like twice and it's like damn that's there's, there's some quiet elegance here that uh that i just you need to have a little bit of reverence for but that yep. was that was that was a really uh a really interesting moment was watching lewis come back uh watching him launch the car what do you think do, do you know what the retirement was for? Do you do you even know why he I don't know what it was for. I mean it looked uh it sounded like something hydraulic with uh the transmission, right? Cuz he yeah. was having some trouble with gear changes. Yeah, I was watching I was watching the onboard on on one of my screens and like he was in he looked like he was, he was trying to like gear. pull the gear paddle with both hands oh, at yeah. one point or or oh, something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, he was he was in uh he he was on I think a straight and was either in 7th or 8th gear and then watching him try to sh- like downshift. Mm-hmm. There's like the dash just has it's it's a screen that you can't really see all the details but you can see some of the details from that camera. But what happened was when he went to shift down the whole screen lit up red and then it stayed mm-hmm. in gear. And then <laughs> you see him hit it again. And it like, every time he goes to hit the flappy paddle, it flashes red. And then like, you see him like hit it a whole bunch of times. And every time he hits it, it like flashes, flashes, yeah. flashes, flashes. And then he reaches over with his other hand and it's like, what the hell? And you see him really mm-hmm. trying to, to downshift. And eventually he was able to downshift it to fifth, but that was it. That was as far down yeah. in the gears as he could go. Uh, and that was with like a few laps left, like three or four laps left, two or three laps left. It just, it sucked so bad. Uh, and he was so disappointed, justifiably so. Yeah. Um, but again, this is maybe being a little bit more spiteful than is necessary, or maybe it's the perfect amount of spiteful. <laughs> I am so happy that he fought Checo just long enough to prevent Checo from passing Charles, which means that Checo 
did not finish second in the championship. So Red Bull did not get their thing. Their primary stated goal was to have Checo finish second in the championship, and they failed today. So even though they got Max his trophies, they got his accolades, they gave the baby his bottle and all this other that he needed in order to feel happy about his championship this year. They did not do what they needed to have done and what they tried to do, but Max prevented them from doing it last race. And now I hope, I hope that Checo wins a championship, quite frankly. Like I do want to see him win a championship. I don't want to see him win it with Red Bull. I'm as much as, I, I would want- be. I, I I think it would actually be better to see him win it with Red Bull, uh, oh, yeah. you know, and to yeah, beat to beat his own teammate to get yeah. the like Nico Rosberg championship in. Yeah, uh, yeah, you know, that, yeah. That to me would be that would be kind of delicious. But uh, yeah, uh, you know, yeah. Uh, there's also a lot of other exciting thoughts about where we could see a driver like Checo showing up. Yeah, I mean, who knows? There's also the rumor of Seb coming back, right? Like this is this was bound to happen. People were bound to start these rumors. Mm-hmm. But the fact that Audi is this is maybe like tinfoil hatting it a little too hard, but being like Audi's a German team, they're the ones yeah. who kind of changed Formula 1 and are pushing Formula 1 to go much more clean and like not just greenwashing, but actually really going towards like real efficiency like fully sustainable fuel the only reason that that's on the docket is because audi agreed to be a part of the championship the only reason why they're going like you know carbon neutral which is the greenwashing thing which is what said had that big issue with and what we should all have an issue with um because carbon offset is not carbon neutral that's not eliminating things it's just paying people that's just moving money around Mm -hmm. it's not saving the planet so it is important that he was willing to die on that hill because ultimately that's the hill that's gonna we're all gonna die on uh, but um, <laughs> it's a big hill it's a big hill it's a big hill it can fit us Don't all worry. we can fit we can fit the entire planet oh yeah, yeah yeah yeah. we'll fit on that hill i promise you um but that's uh i think that that seeing him come back and work with audi even if it is in like a team principal or in like uh kind of someone who is like um a technical advisor or kind of shows back up in the same way that Prost has showed back up and worked with like Alpine and has worked with Ferrari uh, the way that like Felipe still kind of hangs around and works with Ferrari when, when need be, that would be, that's like the deal that Alonzo is setting up with Aston Martin so that he can be like the guy who sticks around after he gives up his seat. Yeah. If he ever gives up his seat. Uh, but I, I suspect that Seb is going to like disappear into the wilderness for about yeah maybe 9 months mm-hmm. and we won't during that period any time that he's seen he you know will just be like full on lord of the flies uh, yeah. and and then after that I think he's going to be magnetically pulled back into the paddock and back into the scene and he'll be he'll be hanging around and and getting involved with yeah at least one of the teams in some capacity or maybe he ends up becoming a you know a uh, a steward or you know some key figure in the sport to yeah help promote uh all the you know climate change initiatives that are tied to the sport as they're desperately trying to um make some sort of you know 
apology for the the fact that this is like constantly these giant uh freighters and and uh freight planes because uh, yeah. it's not it's not that these cars are burning a ton of gasoline they're not and they're not yeah. ruining the earth i mean they they're burning a ton of gasoline they're you know they they're they're but it's also like they're efficient for the insane amounts of power that they're making but they're still wildly inefficient but it's still uh, it's it's still it's still motors that are putting out a thousand horsepower like it's yeah it's a v6 turbo with a hybrid but it's like yeah that thing is still (laughs) it's putting out a lot of a lot of pollutants um but but that's not the issue the issue is that you've got you've got this uh entire you know coal burning factory moving from continent to continent all over the place. So this is a whole other thing. I don't, did you see this this week? They are actually plotting for, and they haven't said when it will happen, but there's going to be a very aggressive reshuffling of the calendar that will happen. Good. Maybe the season after next <laughs> um, no. solely okay. for the purpose of uh, minimizing the amount of, crazy back and forth travel yeah that happens and there it, it'll probably get to a point where the the calendar will be very regional and it'll be like cool we're gonna do well two months in europe we're gonna do two months in asia we're gonna do two they, months in north america you know they have to do that if they're going to have 24 races on the calendar or well, maybe yeah, more like you yeah, just can't that's a that's a whole other thing like yeah. logistically like you couldn't do the flyaway races the way that they do like you you're going to have to batch these out and have like the you know these quadrants of races that happen and it's silly that we haven't done that up until now it really is it, it really is they call it like a traveling circus and haha whatever it's like but these are each team is bringing several hundred people around the world every single week and then those several hundred people are operating machinery that is also carted around the world. So like like you're saying, yeah. like it's it's not just that, it's the freight. And then it's the 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 exclamation point is absolutely Abu Dhabi, where it is just in the heart of oil production. And yep. they like fly one of those massive, uh, uh, one of those massive jets. Uh, it's like the Dreamliners that that yeah, yeah, that yeah. Etad runs, and then like they have the Air Force doing barrel rolls and spirals, and you're just seeing the literal colored exhaust just dumping out over the circuit. Yep. And then the cars race around in a circle for two hours. It's like, oh yeah, we're kind of doing followed, followed by a forty-five minute three mile wide fireworks display. Yeah, it's kind <laughs> of aggressive. And in that with in that framed in that regard, seeing Seb on the grid before the race started with like a globe on his shirt was like a yeah, Seb, you're making the right call. I can't with my yeah, conscience, I, I mean, I, I really can't get, imagine yeah, doing that. You get so, the sense that it's been eating him alive for yeah, the last year or two. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why the last couple of races have been, I think, for him, a way of like coming to life again. And people are like, "Oh, he like really misses it." And I don't think it's that. I think that he's like, "I'm gonna do this because I'm never gonna do this again." Yeah. Like, I'm gonna like. I, I was weirdly pleased to hear him getting pissed off with his team over the radio during the last race. Yeah. And, you know, just literally just like 
giving them a little bit of hell for the frustrations and the issues. Like to me, yeah. it was just like, oh, cool. He's like fired up and focusing on this as just one race. Not, yeah. You know, not as like this big overarching, yeah. like my career, the world, the planet, which is mm-hmm. what he got away from and probably why his productivity dropped off is he started getting, this is what happens in with, with people is their, their priorities shift. He had kids. He was like, Oh my God, I'm creating a world for my children that is like Mm -hmm. going to be bad like i am actively contributing to it with like the spoke i am riding with these sponsors names on me it's not just that i'm burning the fuel it's that i'm encouraging other people to be wasteful too so your priorities shift and i like that he's found his rhythm in these last couple of races and i think it's because of that i think it's because he's like i can look at this as like one race I'm done with this next race. I'm done with this. And then after that, I get to fully focus on like actively trying to save the world and undo some of the damage that I've done, uh, which is beautiful. That's such a beautiful thing. I think he'll be back in motorsports and I think he may show up in the same way that like, Oh, I can't remember. I don't know if it's Russ Braun who was working on this or if it was someone else who was involved with the FIA. There was someone. Hmm. It was someone who used to be involved with Mercedes, though, I think. They're working on the sustainable fuel uh, aspect of this. And I think Mm -hmm. we could see Seb come back, especially when that is up and running and really being like, okay, we found sustainability in that way. Like, we we now are not actively contributing to, like, the downfall of this planet. Now let's look in another area. And maybe he'll become, like, a person who focuses on that within the FIA um instead of just with one team that's what i would really like to see is because he can he's a leader people listen to yep. him um, yeah so we'll see we'll see what he does um and i i absolutely wrote in there that i love that vettel is getting scrappy uh right around uh lap 20 like he was still yep. fighting for it yeah uh especially with the strategy that they were on he was able to kind of still fight for it but then yeah, he got mad at the end of the race because they didn't shift the strategy and they should have. They should have. Uh, he could have finished better, um, uh, even though he still got to be on the grid and still get to get interviewed after the race. It was it would have been nice if he had gotten up there in the points a little bit higher. Mm, not not ahead of the Mercedes, but like up there. Um, what else happened in this race that you uh, that, that kind of caught your attention, Johnny? Um, you know, there was Hamilton's incident on the, at the very, very start of the race. Yeah. Where he launched um, the car. Yeah. Launched the car off the, off the curb. <sighs> uh, to me, it was a little weird that the stewards were like investigating it going in one direction, like that they had made. Yeah. They had made the sort of like formal statement of like, we're investigating him getting forced off the track. And then like two laps later, they're like, okay, actually it was his fault instead. And like, to me, that was just strange in the way that the the information was delivered to the fans in terms of how, like, as opposed to just like, we're investigating the incident. Um, Yeah. Cause I, I think uh, I, I could see an argument for either way. Like it did look like he, basically had no place to go at all um but yeah it's so uh, from from what i understand with that he ended up giving that place back because between ferrari and mercedes 
they came to an agreement. Uh, I don't think that it was the stewards. Yeah. So that was like Mm. one of the things that they were bringing in this season was like, we are no longer telling teams that they need Mm -hmm. to give spots back. We're, we're taking, we're letting the teams work that out where this is part of that philosophy of like, let them race. And yeah, they didn't want, they, it's not that they're like, we don't want penalties to be issued. It's that if teams feel slighted, then they can like actively make that complaint to the race director. They can like go through yeah. the proper channels and then the race director can tell the stewards, okay, go back and look at this again. But if the teams can sort it out and they can cut out that official process, then they'll let them race and kind of allow them to sort things out. So I think th- this is partially speculation, but I just know that that's part of the change that happened and the language that they used in notifying the fans. It was like, oh, wait, so you're saying you investigated it, but like you also investigated the other part of it. And you're saying you found some faults on one side, but you didn't find it on the other, but you're not going to do anything about it. Then why is he giving the spot back? Like it wasn't, yeah, there was no it's a little strange. I mean, yeah, to me, to me, it was fine. Like, you know, when you like, yeah, you got forced off to, to some extent, but yeah. also gained a very significant advantage yeah. in going off, which to me makes it a pretty cut and dry. Like, all right, you got to yeah. you got to hand that back. So it wasn't wasn't earth shaking to me. Just just I, like a anno- just annoying that it wasn't like, cool, I'm going to give it back on the next corner. It was like two and a half laps later yeah and it was uh i think the language i could be wrong because i I didn't i didn't write this down but uh i think that the exact language that was used was we've been asked to give the spot back so Mm. usually the language is we've been told to give the spot back so i think that Mm. that's that is like the difference here that's why i'm thinking that it was like an agreement between ferrari and mercedes just going like well actually yeah let's like let's be reasonable here um because i think if they weren't reasonable ferrari may have had to file an official thing and then it would have become more convoluted and then maybe a penalty would be issued further down and then it's taking the ability of the drivers to combat on track versus like use the FIA and the race director and the stewards as like a weapon against each other. I don't know. Mm. Uh, Again, I'm speculating, but I think that that was the language that was used. And if that was the language that was used specifically, then it is kind of like, Oh, they Mercedes made that choice. They made that choice. Um, And Lewis got the spot back. It wasn't, it it wasn't. Yeah. I was happy to see that. Yeah. At first, second, I thought it wasn't going to happen. And, and it was uh, clean. It wasn't like, yeah. it wasn't dirty in the way that they were trying to figure things out in Jeddah, right? The yep. way that like, even Max and Charles earlier this year were trying to like, figure things out and game each other with that like DRS activation, let alone mm-hmm. the the brake testing that Verstappen did last year. Uh, speaking of Verstappen doing shitty things on track, during during qualifying did you see what he did when lewis like went around him yeah what was going on there so i saw i saw that um yeah but i mean was there there wasn't any reason that uh they had to hold the position they were in no no it's just that like established we should just let people go we shouldn't queue up you know whatever but that's it's not that's not a rule so if yeah. 
if people are kind of dawdling and someone's tires are warmed up and they're ready to go, they have every right to just go around someone. And yep. you don't have to give them the space, but you also shouldn't really defend it like too aggressively because then it like ruins your own tire warm up. So there's just like all this kind of like rules unwritten and uh mm-hmm. but like understood between the drivers. And Lewis went around, I think, Lando first, and then went around Max. And as he's going around Max, Max like juked his wheel like in the direction of Lewis. And it was like what the f- like what are you doing guys like what are you- it's it is it's becoming harder and harder to not just be like okay what is all right we need you to just come out and say what your problem is with lewis guys cuz you clear you you too you too and then like helmet uh clearly have an issue and yoss and nelson uh, you clearly have an issue with Lewis. What is this issue? Mm-hmm. Why are you treating Lewis differently? And there's really only one explanation for it. And it's just such a like gross and obvious, like guys, just stop being yep. racist shitheads. Just stop being, just stop. This is, you're doing the thing that Lewis has been saying his whole career he's dealt with. And you guys are embodying that at like the highest level. And it's just so gross. And it's so it's becoming so patently obvious what it is, uh, especially with like the like, oh, why does why, why does Max not fight with Charles the same way that he fights with Lewis? Why doesn't he fight with why doesn't he fight with with George the same way he fights with Lewis? Why doesn't he fight with Carlos the same way he fights with Lewis? It's so weird. Why do you think that is? And it's like, guys, it's is he's he's a racist asshole. Like he's look at his dad. Look at the the world that he was brought up in look in the environment that he was brought up in look at the people that he's in relationships with like it if it walks like a duck and it quacks like a duck y'all we gotta just be okay with being like mm. that's a duck right there y'all like why are we saying it's not a duck so yeah that 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 was such a uh, such a gross moment and such an obvious moment of like immaturity from even if it wasn't about i, I just i just can't get past this whole issue of like when you've had the greatest yeah. season of your career, the greatest season as far as the stats go of any driver ever. Yeah. Why are you getting, you know, why, why is so much of your mental head space spent on another driver? Like it's just really, you know. really like really. And so again, this is that like, ah, it's, it's hard to not just, immediately assume the worst out of that camp uh and Mm -hmm. it's it becomes harder to like not assume the worst out of that camp and then when they also treat their mexican driver in this wildly disrespectful way it's hard to not be like uh um what what (laughs) what's going on here what else is so what else is going on here dude like it's just it's getting grosser and grosser and uh uh, it's to every single person who reports on this and asks this question is just asking it with subtext and it's answered yeah. every single time over and over by Christian and by Max uh, and by the comments of Helmet, right? Of Helmet being like, oh, I hope Checo doesn't have too many tequilas. It's like, dude, what are you doing? Ugh. What are you doing? Like, like, ah, uh, it's just gross. It's really gross. And I, I want to give Red Bull the benefit of the doubt, but 
if you've if you've got an organization that's run by someone who greenlights that kind of behavior, it's hard to respect you. It's harder mm-hmm. and harder to respect you. Um, and harder and harder to be like, oh yeah, no, you deserve the accolades that you're getting. Uh, but all of that is to say, I'm very excited for next year because I do think I have come around, especially after this weekend, I have come around to the idea of Mercedes actually being competitive. I think that they really are. Uh, they, they, they showed up this past weekend in a, in a very real way. It's just the end of the season and Ferrari is Ferrari has had a better car all year and Red Bull has had the best car. So the people who finished in front of Mercedes, Red Bull and Ferrari, that's it. That's all. I, um, I mean, I seriously hope that as we get into next season, that Mercedes gets back up on their game with a new car design or whatever updates mm-hmm. they can make to the fundamental issues that they've been struggling with all season, which they should yeah. be well poised for. And yeah. they're a top flight organization in every other aspect. So I'd like to think that once they can solve this one particular expensive issue yeah. when starting from a clean slate, that that will, uh, or at least a clean, uh, you know, budget, clean-ish uh, slate, clean, yeah, yeah, a clean bank account, yeah, that yeah, they can they can take care of it. Uh, I would like to think that Ferrari, having been this close to having a taste, that they use the off season for some really serious soul searching, yeah, and uh, and whatever you know. whatever the like, what's um. <sighs> I know that like the way to get rid of like a, a demon is an exorcism. So if there's like if there's that, but for clowns, Ferrari needs to figure yep. figure out how to like exercise the clown demon that is Pagliacci. Uh Get Pagliacci out of there. Um, what's the what's the what is it? Cold cream that you use to remove to get the clown, the clown yeah, the makeup. makeup off? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Uh, yeah, just just douse the entire organization. Instead of holy water, you should be taking like just globs of cold cream and just flinging yep. it in every direction uh, throughout Marinello, um, and then just making your drivers bathe in cold cream. Um, that should be like in their contract. Oh God! Uh, and then Red Bull, I think is I think Red Bull's going to be a force again next year. Yeah, I mean, so yeah, I mean, sorry, I I don't even say it out loud because yeah. I just I presume yeah. that we are uh, we're at an all time high threat of Red Bull being a dominant force for the next you know three to five seasons, yeah. and that that terrifies me. So I'm I'm optimistic that we could go into next season and have a proper three way fight between Red Bull, Ferrari, and Mercedes. I mean, that would be, I, I, that's the dream. And that is, that is definitely what we saw this season. We saw with these new regulations, we saw that they can finally get these cars to follow close uh, at some of these tracks, especially the ones that have like banked, like these banking um, uh, updates, like the banking that they updated uh, Abu Dhabi with made that a better race. It made that mm-hmm. uh, made it more competitive. Uh, the, the the fact that they have Zanvort and they updated that banking is great. Absolutely, uh, I'm a fan of banked turns. Uh, I did. I never really thought that we would get back to this in in F1, but like the fact that like they're doing like banked 
turns it, like it works and I'll, I'll take it. I'll take it. Um, so I hope that they, they implement that uh, in like any track upgrades that come with, with uh, uh, that come next year, because they're going to upgrade some of these circuits too over this, over the, this, the winter break or spring break or whatever it is. Where would you like to see, where would you like to see some upgrades, John? Like as far as like tracks go, like, what do you think could use, because Spa just got some this year. Um, mm-hmm. Zanvoort got some this year. I mean, Miami was brand new. What else got updates? Did Monza get any updates? I think they. No, I don't think so. But I always, I always think of like to me, Monza always seems fresh because it's still built on the like burial ground of an ancient yeah. track. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, like literally through an ancient track. Yeah, yeah. It's still part of it. I don't think I have any track specific design changes in mind what are you what are you thinking what's uh what are you what are you yearning for i mean on the on the calendar i would like to see and this is maybe even like blasphemous to say especially in in your company but i would like to see maybe them update the the canadian grand prix the the circuit du Mm. um i don't know with what but I think that like that chicane that is on uh like not the not not after it's on the that like back straight. It's kind of mm-hmm. like the back straight. Um that chicane, I think that they could like maybe open that up a little bit. Um because like the cars get bogged down in there a little too much, I think. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know. I don't know if there's anywhere that you could really do any banking. Honestly, maybe in like turn two mm-hmm. maybe that like where we sat um yeah. the last time we went like maybe seeing some like banking there maybe opening up uh turn one and letting that like kind of do like a swoop into a bank yeah would be pretty cool maybe maybe that but i would like to see some uh an update to that track in some way mm-hmm. because for whatever reason the the race was somewhat exciting this year uh but but it wasn't i think it was underwhelming considering how great yeah. these updates were with the car i was like oh that that race was still a little like yeah it's a good race a good race i'm never gonna be like it's a bad race i mean i think i think the canadian you know and it's it's a it's in theory sort of a temporary circuit i mean not really because yeah. they don't really do anything else with yeah, it no, during yeah. the rest of the year but i do think the spectator infrastructure could benefit from Yes. some serious upgrades i'm pretty sure oh they God, still yes. have like they still have like tiny screens that are only visible from a few key spots at the track yeah. and and things like that so i think there's there's a little bit of uh overhauling that they could do that i would think would behoove them given that you know they're going to be probably just perpetually in the threat of being the, the yeah. you know all the other north american races that yeah. are that are now on the calendar yeah but hey we got a big continent so like yeah uh, we we could we can afford to keep a race in canada uh especially at that circuit I, especially with like you know Villeneuve being such like a, a, a an important person in the sport still yeah. uh and with and but by that i mean um like the name Villeneuve being like such like a yes like yeah. such an important name within the sport um, not Jack. <laughs> Jack is woohoo. Uh, but um, I- I'd say like the fact that we have 
Daddy Stroll still in the world, I think we'll right. probably keep that track. Just mm-hmm. you know, because that man is made of money and is definitely, if he's not already a financial stakeholder in F1, he will be within the next couple of years. So I think we'll probably see a Canadian Grand Prix in the works for a while. But yeah, uh, the spectator infrastructure could definitely use an upgrade or two. Bathrooms, definitely. Um, maybe <laughs> maybe something in the infield other than just yeah, like food. Then, then just picnic tables. Yeah, picnic yeah. tables and like very, very rough grass to sit on. You know, there's always that. Did you agree with, or not agree with, did you notice that Russell, as soon as he got that five-second penalty, did you recognize like his immediate response? No. What was it? Like he was, he, I think he knew he was going to get that penalty. So as soon as mm-hmm. they were like, Hey George, you've got a five second penalty for an unsafe release in in the pit lane. And he was like, yeah, we should probably start thinking about going a little bit long on these tires. <laughs> it's like, Oh dude, you've been thinking about this strategy. You've been thinking like, yep. Oh, I got a penalty. I got to now push a little bit harder, but be very careful with these tires so that I can mm-hmm. manage to not get overtaken in the pit uh in the pit lane when I have to take my pit stop. Uh and that was only like uh it was a pretty quick pit stop in there. Mercedes have to dial in their pit stops. I mean, McLaren's putting out two point ones yeah. uh, and Red Bull is consistently under two and a half seconds. When they're competitive again next year, you can't be spending almost four yeah. seconds in the pit lane if everyone else is taking less than half of that. It, it yeah, just, it, they're just inconsistent. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's getting it's getting ridiculous. So we'll see. All right, Johnny. Any other thoughts on this season? I mean, uh, we're going to continue to podcast, but like, have is there anything fresh after after watching that race today? No, I mean the race was to me it it, it sort of ended out in the style of the second half of the season. The first yeah. half of the season was pretty thrilling. The second half did sort of descend into that Red Bull dominance. Yep. Um, and, you know, we haven't even said, but, you know, Verstappen dominated this race. He yeah. absolutely, yeah. you know, effortlessly dominated. Um, so to me, you know, just sort of like a cool, let's refresh, let's rinse and let's move on to the next season. Uh, otherwise, you know, just interesting the changing of the guard that we're seeing happen, uh, mm-hmm. you know, saying farewell to Vettel, yeah. saying farewell to Danny Rick, uh, although we'll probably see him as the third driver at Red Bull. Yep, that's uh, the, the make- deal hasn't been inked yet, but it's like almost a sure thing. Sup- supposedly uh, pretty much all the way done. Most yeah. likely Mick Schumacher, uh, third driver at Mercedes, right? Yep, that's what it's um, looking like. Um, Did you see the footage of Nick DeVries being uh, tied to a cart uh, and wheeled from the Mercedes garage to the AlphaTauri uh, garage? That's, that's great. Uh, they that's they great. took him and strapped him to a, uh, yeah, to, yeah, to, to a little, equipment. cart. Yeah. Delivered, delivered him right over there. Yeah. Nick's been with Mercedes like he won a Formula E championship with Mercedes when Mercedes yeah. was in Formula E. Like he's that dude has been with the company for a minute. He's helped he's helped Mercedes win the championships that they've won because of his yeah. development driving and sim driving. And he's he's a big loss. 
a, a massive loss. Uh, but uh, did you see that Logan Sargent uh, finished fourth in oh, F2? Oh, yes. So, yeah, that's that's actually a big piece of news. Yeah. Uh, American, American driver. American driver. Yep. Yep. In Formula One for the first time in since Scott quite, Speed. Since Scott, Scott Speed. Scott Speed was the last Jesus. person to have a full time. It's like got to be like 14 years. Like, yeah. Jesus. Yeah. yeah. That's it, like, it's been a long time. So it's great to have have another American back in uh, in in Formula One. He's out of Fort Lauderdale. We have a race in Miami. So like when mm-hmm. that race happens, it's going to be massive. Hopefully Williams yep. will have made a big step up this year, um, uh, this coming year. I know that they were like, I think they only scored eight points this year in the championship, but that's fine. That's fine. Um, Albon's a great, great driver, and he's going to be a great mm-hmm. senior driver. Like he's going to be a great number one to be like getting Logan uh, yeah. up to speed. Not that Logan will need a ton, but he's going to need some help and that car is going to be a handful. Uh, so yeah, we're going to, we're going to miss, miss the folks. We're going to miss uh, Nicholas Latifi. Uh, we had Latifi in that spin today. Yeah. Who's the only yeah, one who? to almost bring out a safety car yet again. But we can we could speculate uh, later, you know, as we yeah. get into the off season, uh, we'll have a few chances to both kind of like uh, reminisce on this season pass and also speculate about the season ahead. But I am exactly, curious yeah. as to who's going to take the uh, the goatee fee crown yeah. Yeah. next season. Yeah, that's a, those are big. Those are big shoes to fill. Um, yep. big sloppy shoes that like the laces mm-hmm. never fully tie. They will always be a little bit untied. So you'll trip yep. over them. And somehow one of them is laces and the other one is Velcro. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. And you can Velcro the laces, but you can't lace, uh, the laces. You can only somehow <laughs> use the Velcro to affix. All right. Well, uh, I, I do think that the, it's been because of the drama, because, of Verstappen being the shithead that he has continued to be and has continued to prove that he is and solidify uh, as like, not even like a villain. He's just a shithead. I can't, again, Mm -hmm. I want him to be a villain. I can't like him as just a shithead. I can like him as a villain, not not the way he's being right now. So, you know, there's there's some drama there. So I think that the stock went up this week, I think. I mean, it's yeah. it, it was the last race of the season to like last race of the season. Abu Dhabi always has the air of a spectacle around mm-hmm. it, yeah. which I think draws a bit of uh, draws a bit of interest. Yeah. Um, so I'll say I'll say stock is stock is up yeah. not dramatically. Yeah. Um, but it's 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 up there. And now it's just sort of like count down the the months until the edit of uh, drive to survive. Exactly. Is uh, is is together. Yeah. And we'll have, I, I don't know if there will be footage released, but there's some testing, some tire testing and some uh, young driver testing that's going to be happening yeah. this week at Abu Dhabi at the, the, the Yaz Marina circuit. So uh, we'll, we'll have stuff to talk about with that. Um, and yeah, that's uh, I think, I think that this race was a solid race. It wasn't a bad race. It was eventful. Quite frankly, I'm happy. It wasn't as eventful as last year. <laughs> I, mm-hmm. I, I, my little heart couldn't have taken it uh I, yep. I was so hurt last year after that just so so deflated um and it sounded like lewis was starting to like panic at the end there a little bit he's like guys don't leave me on a one stopper please don't leave me on a one stopper yeah and then ultimately it didn't matter anyway so okay yeah. but uh 
this 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 season it did just kind of give up the ghost it did just kind of give yeah. up the ghost and and sh- she's tired she's just tired yep so glad it's at the end it's very appropriate but uh i'm looking forward to also the sort of like absence making the heart grow fonder that happens in the off season and and Ooh, yeah. ratcheting up some anticipation and just oh, yeah. seeing again you know, the the start of a new season is always like a cacophony of excitement. And I'm I'm gonna be checking really hard to see where the American audience is going into twenty twenty-three. That's kind of the biggest thing here is is next year, what is it going to look like? Like you said, after Drive to Survive drops, after this next season drops. Are we going to continue to see this exponential growth here in the U.S.? I think so. I hope so. I just want this to become a more normal thing to nerd out about with people. Over yeah. Uh, yeah. These, these are great weekly checkups and check-ins about this with you, Johnny. But like, it'd also be nice to have other people not be like, "Oh, so you're like really into that Formula One thing, huh? Cool." Mm-hmm. I'm like, "Yeah, it's it's cool. Do you want to be into it too?" And they're like, eh, "Fine." like all right okay okay well maybe maybe eventually it'll get as big as like monday night football like that kind of thing that's that's i got those are big dreams high hopes that's very that's very lofty yeah uh right there but i think you know hey if i could just get a couple more uh you know neighborhood dads to uh to pay attention yes to uh to, to my favorite sport i'll be happy yes yeah yeah i agree i agree uh all right johnny well that feels like a pretty decent place to leave it. Where can the folks find you, contact you, get in touch, read your thoughts, hear your thoughts? You can hit me up anytime, uh, particularly on Twitter. My handle's Johnny Motion over there. Uh, Corey, where can the folks find you? Um, same over on Twitter. Uh, it's still it's still around. It's still thriving. It's still it's, still it's, eking by. It's more alive than ever, as uh, as the dip says. Uh, it's uh, my handle is Burn Corey Burn over there. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram at that same handle. And whatever new thing comes out, I will also be Burn Corey Burn on that too. I'm uh, I'm, I'm grabbing all my handles as these new things come out. So. You can find me there. You can also find us on uh, the F1 Files TikTok, the F1 Files Twitter, and the F1 Files pod on Instagram. So come come reach out. Check, check us out. Uh, and just make sure that you check in with us next week because we are still going to continue to do this podcast even though the season is over. So catch up with us next week, next time, right here on the F1 Files. Oh, big farts, big farts.